Welcome to Power of the Cross Radio Sermons with Pastor Farrell Wilson. Brother Wilson is the pastor of the Lighthouse Church in Grenada, Mississippi. The sermon you are about to hear can also be downloaded at www.grenadachurch.com. We know you are going to be blessed. Now, on to the message. Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 11 through 14. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and you shall seek me and find me, and you shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. Lord, I thank you for the many blessings we have in the name of Jesus Christ. Be with us a few moments, Lord, as we preach your word. Anoint us to speak, anoint us to hear, anoint the radio, Lord, as it goes out. I pray somebody hears something today that will cause them to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. And we ask it all in His name, Jesus Christ, and we say amen. Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, sent by God to prepare Judah for repentance or captivity. It was their choice. This is probably one of, or if not the most, misunderstood and misused verses in the entirety of the Bible. I know we've all probably heard verse 11. The thoughts I have towards you. You have to understand, that so much of the Bible is double-sword with the two edges, meaning it can apply to the people it's speaking to at that time. It can apply to your life. Uh, the Psalms, the Psalms are very prophetic. They carry with them three meanings. They talk to the person reading him they they speak of the messiah to come and then it spoke to the person at that time that they were wrote for the songs that were made and it's no different with jeremiah but this is one of these verses i believe more than anybody it points to the jews it's about the jews but certainly there is spiritual food for us to gain from this especially as a nation and not so much individually in jeremiah chapter 7 Jeremiah, the young prophet, when he comes on the scene, northern Israel has failed. And all that's left is a little bit of the southern kingdom and maybe most of Jerusalem. Really, it's Jerusalem that is just about all that's left. The Jews have watched their land get ravaged by foreign invaders. And he comes to the temple in chapter 7. He preaches this sermon to them. And he elaborates on why judgment is coming to Israel if they would not repent. Now, as I go through this list, I want you to think about what we're seeing in the United States. And I'm going to preach to you a sermon, The Schemes of Satan Against God's Plans. So as we look at our nation and we keep that in mind, when Jeremiah is bringing this sermon, he said, God, everything he expected his people to do, you're neglecting to do it. A moral and spiritual malaise had, had settled over the nation. They returned to their old sinful ways and broke their covenant with God. They stole. They committed murder. They engaged in adultery. They swore falsely, worshipped other gods. 
They oppressed the orphans and widows. And the idolatry they engaged in was the worst of the kind in Israel at that time. They set up idols of the queen of the heavens, Ishtar, inside of the temple. They went so far as to kill innocent babies. Sound familiar? They went so far as to kill innocent babies. And the people thought, you know what though? As long as we perform the Levitical sacrifices that God has laid out, everything's going to be okay. And nobody was around except just a few prophets that would actually hear from God. And God sends Jeremiah to deliver this sermon and tell him, you, you're going to have to stop. You better turn this thing around or I'm going to bring judgment up on you. And the people, though, they said, God, surely... He wouldn't punish us. We're the Jews. God's not going to punish us. We're Zion. This is the, this is Zion. This is what God gave us in the heritage. Our father Abraham was given this land. This is ours. This is the temple of God. Jeremiah, you don't know what you're talking about. There ain't no way God's going to bring judgment on us. People did not want to hear what Jeremiah was preaching. Even his own family come against Jeremiah. How dare Jeremiah to say something about Jerusalem like that? Jeremiah knew what was coming and he told them, repent. It's the only thing that's going to save you. And Jerusalem, not much further from this time in Jeremiah chapter seven will be overrun and destroyed. The people we're taken into captivity. There's so much more to this story that we don't have time this morning to go into, but what Jeremiah preached came to pass. And the Jews were oblivious to the schemes and traps of Satan. You know that they had ran Jeremiah up in the courtroom after he preached the sermon, and they wanted to have him executed. One of the prophets, they were successful at executing, but Jeremiah was kept by the providence and power of God. Now, I probably don't have to go into detail to you today the parallels between Israel and our nation of today. As a matter of fact, let me step out in this water a little bit further. We make Israel of old blush. The things they were doing, as heinous and evil as it is, as we know, as we read the Word of God, and God told them not to do certain things. And there, there were just some things you couldn't, there was lines you just couldn't cross with God. And they did them anyway. Said God's not going to judge it. Our nation has not only crossed those lines, they've taken a marathon run to the complete other side of this. Now people can say what they want about some of these heinous sins that we got going on in our nation. But abortion and destroying the very foundation of marriage that God designed to set up, don't think God's going to continue to overlook it because it's not going to happen. I'm not standing up here today and expecting people out in the world at large. I'm not expecting them to agree with me because most of the world doesn't. What did they do to Jeremiah? Most people don't like good preaching. They don't. You're telling me I'm full of sin and this nation's going to be destroyed? How dare you? Our once great Christian nation 
has exceeded the evil of ancient Israel by leaps and bounds. Christians in the U.S. seem to think that we're invincible and that nothing's ever going to happen. And this message is not well received. It's not a pew filler. It's not going to excite the people. If you want to fill a church up, don't preach messages like this. You're not going to fill the pews up telling people to live right and stay away from drugs and alcohol. Don't go fornicating. Don't commit adultery. Then we're not pew fillers. Oh, I know many of y'all here this day. That's why we're a small church. Cause we're a small band of believers that agree with the Word of God. And I'm certainly not putting us up on a pedestal saying we're better than anybody else and that, that I'm perfect and right. God forbid that I should say anything. That In fact, Lynn was talking about that this morning. God forbid that we should say we're perfect and right. We don't have to grow before the Lord. But I am saying this. You have to follow and obey the Word of God or all the things we preach about the message of the cross are for naught. We preach the cross because it gives you power to live for God. And then we just have others simply just don't even believe in God no more. People are falling into the schemes and traps of Satan every waking minute. What are some of those schemes and traps? I'm glad you ask. First, Satan plots to distract. We may have in our mind that Lucifer schemes Natural disasters, the earthquakes, the tornadoes, the homes burning down, people getting on drugs and dying, wasted young lives. And that's true. I don't know how much he's involved in those things. I don't know how much we do to ourselves. I don't know how much is the providence of God. I have no idea. But Satan comes in many times under the guise of things that seem right and okay. He distracts people from the body of Christ. If he can keep you away from other believers, he's pretty much got you. All right, we're going to load up and go to the football game over here, pro. Pastor Wilson, you going to go with us? Oh, sure, let's go. Oh, we're going to stop at the 7-Eleven before we go. We got coolers we're fixing to fill up. Would you like a beer? Sure, give me one. Oh, by the way, Lucky back there, he got a few left-handed cigarettes. Would you like some of that too? Why not? It ain't going to hurt anything. And we think it's okay. We think it's just a little fun. It's not going to hurt anything because you're not around believers that would tell you, hey, you know what? What you're about to do is wrong. You shouldn't be doing no thing. One particular church, this was years ago, a guy told me about this. He felt uneasy. He said, what do you think about it? He went to a church picnic. And they opened up the coolers and started passing out beer to other believers. I'm not saying they're not saved, but boy, there's a, there's an extreme danger there. An extreme danger. You need to be around like-minded believers. You need to be around those holiness people that believe in something. They make fun of us. I get, they call us holy rollers because they would come up under the power of God and they roll in the floor. Well, the power of God was so strong back then when people come together. Oh, come on now. And they come together and they believe God for something and the power of God would shake the place. I want to see those services. I want it. I want the power of God to be so strong in here that you're scared to bring visitors. My gosh, ain't no telling what that preacher going to do. Last time I was down there, he started speaking in tongues, shouting, running around, people rolling down. <laughs> we need that. You need to be around like-minded believers. Why? Because it, 
Iron sharpens iron. You ever heard that? I mean, that's what, that's what you need. You need iron sharpening iron. We need each other. But this word right here is the truth that will heal our nation. It'll heal your home. It'll heal you. And there is no other truth in the world. This is the only truth in the world. And there's no other truth other than the Bible. I'm sorry. If you think there's another truth out there, Sigmund Freud is not truth, my friends. Joel Osteen is not truth, my friend. 40 days of purpose. I'm sorry. You can whip that book out. I've been through it. Sit down with me at the table and I'll show you what's wrong with it. I know I'm a little hard, but somebody's got to tell you the truth. Somebody's got to be the Jeremiah in our ages. Stand up and say, you know what? I love you, but it's wrong. I love you, but it's wrong. Why? Because I care about this nation. I sit back here and see a little girl sitting back there this morning. I think about my grandchildren. I think about all the little children in this nation that are going to grow up and what they're going to face. I want them to grow up with BB guns and woods and dogs and <laughs> the fun things we used to do. I don't think children should be exposed to what they're being exposed to nowadays. We need to set this nation right once again. And the only way we're going to do it is when the Jeremiahs call out for this nation to repent, that they repent and get out of these distractions of the, the, that Satan sets for us. Oh, you don't need to go to church. Well, go on believing that. Look what it's got us so far. What's happened to our nation so far since we kicked prayer out of school? What's happened when we took the Ten Commandments down in our courtrooms? They don't even want to prosecute nobody anymore. Cops are scared to show up at their jobs. And you can belittle the police all you want, but when something bad happens at your house, see who you're going to call. Men and women got to go out and put their lives on the line every day and night. You don't know what goes on. I don't either. I don't have a clue. I, boy, I think about pastor, much less being a law enforcement officer. I'd get fired day one because I'd shoot somebody the first day. <laughs> Y'all hear about Brother Wilson? He tried to be a cop and he did, he in jail day one. I don't know how they do it. A lot of patience is required evidently. The truth. We've got to get back to the truth in every aspect of our nation. He debases our spiritual authority. You have spiritual authority in the name of Jesus. You do. Devil's convince you ain't worth nothing. Devil's convince you, well, Anthony, you done had too many mistakes. You and Brother Wilson, y'all know what y'all used to do. How can you go before God anymore? How could you even approach God and say, God, I need your help. You ain't worth it. You're right. But I got an elder brother. Woo! <laughs> I got an elder brother named Jesus Christ. And I come in his name, not Pharaoh Wilson. And I can approach the throne room of God. Hallelujah. And I can say, God, I need your help today. And Jesus throws out his nail-scarred hands and say, let it be done. You ask for this mountain to be moved, let it be moved. Lee, I'm preaching better than y'all eight men in this morning. He distracts from healthy relationships. Now, what I'm about to say is hard, but it's okay. Before I say it, I'm going to tell you I love every homosexual. I love every lesbian. Any kind of... Let me throw the mother ones in there. I'll go ahead and say it. It's not popular. It's, mm, here you go. Those that are shacked up together. Standing up on stages, singing to the people. Mm. 
Yeah, it's just as mean and nasty as anything else. You don't believe me? i tell you what the Bible says. Liars, fornicators, and adulterers will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I've had to deal with this situation I don't know how many times. Don't get mad at me. Get your life right. Say, God, forgive me. And I tell you, I won't say it, but there are people in this room that I've seen and they had things in their life that wasn't right, but they didn't blame me. They accepted the word. They asked God to forgive them and they straightened their life out. And I watched God bless them mightily. Because I am no prize myself. And I say this with all love, but we have to stop this with unhealthy relationships in our nation. Now I know that, now I know this is bad for a male and female to do these things they shouldn't, adultery, whatever the case. But there's still a wickedness behind homosexuality and lesbianism that goes beyond traditional marriage. They can say what they want to say, but let me tell you why. God designed men and women, we can talk about this, to be fruitful and multiply and to carry on this earth. He, he designed that. I didn't. But two men cohabitating together or two women, read Romans chapter 1 and see what God said about it. Not Pharaoh. I'm a little softer than Jesus. Oh, do what? You're supposed to be like Jesus. Really? All right, go get me some whips. Let's call some people some dogs and vipers. Let's tell them you're twice the child of hell than you all, they already are. That's Jesus' ministry. Jesus didn't play around. Brother Wilson probably don't need to be as soft as he is. But in Romans chapter 1, Paul speaking under the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what he said. He said those that commit such things are worthy of death. What he said. So how are we going to approach healthy relationships? There wasn't no, he wasn't talking about married women to men. My friends, you can put it aside and say, that's not my problem. That's none of your business, well, Brother Wilson. That's just love. I don't see how you can determine what love is. I can determine love by this Bible right here. And it says that God joined a man and woman together. Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. He joined them together and said, go, you... You subdue the earth. It's yours. You take it and you till to you till the ground. You take care of it and y'all be fruitful and multiply. There's nothing wrong with man and woman having a relationship. But there is something deadly and poisonous about two men saying that's love. There's something deadly and poisonous about two women saying that's love. I'm sorry. If you if you if you hate me for that, I apologize that I've offended you, but I don't make no apologies for the word of God. It's what it says. So what I do about it, it's just like everything else in this nation. Quit falling into that trap. I got a little niece in my family right now that we're dealing with this. And I don't know what to do. And somebody's lied to that poor girl. She ain't old enough to understand. Somebody somewhere has convinced her she's that way and was born that way. God, help this nation. Turn this thing back around. Christians, you need to be involved in your schools. You need to be showing, if you got children in school, you need to be showing up these meetings saying, I'm not going to take this junk anymore. You teach my kid about science. You teach my kid about history, whatever you got, but all that other stuff that they'll find out about later on in life, you keep your mouth closed to my children. If anything needs to be taught, I'll do it at my house, not you. 
And I, I tell you what, enough Christians start showing up and telling these people this and stand on the authority in the Word of God. Don't, don't go in there with your own opinion. Stand up with the Word of God in your hand and read what it says in one of those meetings. Nobody can argue with you. All they can do is shut you down until you leave. You better start standing up for what's right in this nation. We have almost lost it and we're just about to go under. And the next step is judgment. Thank you for listening today. This radio station is listener supported, which means we rely on your donations to keep us on the air. We're a non-profit organization, so your donations are tax deductible. We're on the air 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, playing Christian music and teaching programs. We have something for everyone. We're asking for your help today. We need your prayers and your financial support to stay on the air. Won't you please make a donation today? You can make a secure donation by going to our website at www.cross.radio. Thank you for your support and God bless you. People are used to Satan sometimes. Critical. Brother Wilson, you shouldn't preach like that. People are going to hate you. I'm sorry they hate me. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't sign up for this. I didn't one day wake up. My wife can tell you we struggled with this a long time. I said, you know what, baby? I think I want to go preach. Uh, it was an emotional experience for me. I cried and I didn't want to go do it. And my wife and I told her, I, some of y'all know this story. The day I told my wife, I walked in the room, I said, I feel like I have a call of God on my life. She looked me dead in the eye and said, if I wanted to marry a preacher, I'd have married one. Turned around and walked out and didn't talk to me. Uh-oh. I don't know if this thing's real or not. <laughs> I left her alone. She come back next day. She said, okay, if you believe it's real, I'll follow you. I'm going to tell you one thing. You ain't going to quit what you start. And I've tried a couple times to quit. And she'll remind me, no, no, you ain't. You done drug me this far. You carry yourself right on back up that pulpit Sunday morning. Get your little feelings under control. Opinionated. I got opinions about tons of stuff. You do too. But you know, when it comes to the Word of God, you know what our opinions mean? I diddly squat. I'm sorry, I'm just country. But they don't mean anything. You're, you can have opinion, but we got all kinds of opinionated people telling them to stand up, telling the church what they should, should do or uh, shouldn't do. I, look, my friend, you can give me all your opinions you want, but if it don't line up with the Word of God, I don't hear it. I don't even want to talk about it because it's not profitable for anything. We need to stand on the Word of God. We, it, you got attention seekers. Oh, social media, if I can just get famous. I saw a little girl, and she had a shirt on that said, what did it say? I'll see you, see you in hell. No, you won't, sister. I wish I could have talked to her. You won't see nobody in hell. They got this whole line of t-shirts out now, and it's becoming popular. It's becoming a trend. Now, you're going to see them. It ain't going to be much longer. You're going to see them. They'll be here. I mean, it's a whole line of clothes they just come out with, and it says, I'll see you in hell. No, you won't. It's an outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of the teeth. You're there for eternity, and Jesus said, it's a place where the worms devour night and day. We got people telling us we shouldn't tell nobody. We got our opinion, and that's not God, what you're saying, Brother Wilson. You're like Jeremiah of old. What you're telling us is wrong. 
attention seekers. Find my way. Look, we got enlightenment, love, and we'll accept everybody. We got divisive people, and Satan, he he comes in and distorts what distorts what God instructs. Satan always tells half truths. Satan's not going to deny, deny there's a hell. Sure, there's a hell. He tells that truth. Just make your way here. And then when you get there, you're going to find out you're going to be tormented right along with him. That's the reality of it. I, I, you know, Brother Randy called me a little while back. I know if he calls me on a Sunday morning after I preach, it's one of two things. I've done really good or really bad. No in-between with Randy. Because, you know, Brother Wilson, I ain't heard nobody preach on hell like that since Hood's Chapel back in the 50s. And, you know, I'm thinking, oh, man, there's people out there preaching. And I listen. I try to listen to preachers. You don't hear it no more. It's disappeared. I understand we don't need to scare people into salvation. But there's also a healthy fear of God. There's a healthy fear of what's going to happen to us in eternity. I'm gonna, if I get your attention just for one second this morning, everybody look at me. One thing about you that you're guaranteed 100% that's going to happen to you. And we've seen it this morning. Death invaded our ranks one more time. Brother Dean King. But I'm happy to report this morning. Dean's up there with his brother's son. Hallelujah. There's a family reunion happening this morning. He made the right choice here. Was he perfect? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Dean was not perfect. But I do know something about his brother, Sonny. His son was an old-time moonshiner, stayed in jail almost his whole life. When he got out, I was watching. He got saved. And because of his death, I went to a funeral and I heard a message. People wonder why Sonny just died like it. One day his heart just blew out for no reason. Nobody could understand. And after all these years, and I don't get no thrill in saying this, I feel like it was because of me. Because I'd have never went up in that church that day. I'd have never, ever went in there. Because Sonny died, Dean's brother. I heard the message, and thank God, Brother Steve Boyden wasn't holding nobody's hands. He talked about hell. He talked about heaven. He talked about the wretched condition of men. Where's all the good, feel good sermons got us? Where they got us? Look at our nation. Where did all the Joel Osteen messages get us the champion in you? Satan has set traps for people. It sets schemes. Where are you at today? Are you in one of his traps right now? Have you fell into one of his schemes? I don't know if you have or not. You have to make that decision. There's just enough truth injected into most of this that people will believe a lie. Satan's bottom line is to destroy God's plans for this nation. You've got to understand what this nation means. Let's go beyond us here. Let's go outside the walls of the lighthouse for a few moments. This nation was the most powerful Christian nation that God ever rose up in Israel. And then verses I read you in Israel, they rejected the, the plea of God. Oh, it's so prophetic too because it really hadn't been fulfilled because if you notice it, I'm going to gather you from all places and I'm going to bring you back to this inheritance. As in verses I read you this morning. Still haven't been fulfilled, but Israel rejected the Messiah. 
they were destroyed again in about 70, 80 AD by Rome. Rome laid waste to Jerusalem again. And he rose up a people. And he brought them to America. They founded this great nation. And we have carried the gospel message to the four corners of the earth. Against all odds, you ought to read some history on the true history. I think his name is Fetterman. We've got several books by him. You want to borrow one? They're easy to read, but I'll let you borrow it. The history of this nation, we almost not made it so many times. We were almost trampled in World War II. Almost trampled. We've seen so many things that almost broke this nation, but one thing that succeeded is when the church left the cross of Calvary. And now the church is blind and they're no longer preaching a gospel. And they're not sending the truth out anymore. And look at the condition we're in. Satan is trying to collapse this Christian nation. He did a pretty good job at it. And God says, you want to take that way, go ahead. I can tell you what's next on the calendar. But let's move past it. Let's look at God's plan now. I told you how something... Just a few things. That I, I skipped over half my notes here. We don't have time. But let's look at verse 11 again. When God said, know the plans I have for you. Or the thoughts. Plans means the same thing in the Hebrew. Know the plans that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. And to give you an expected end. You have to understand again, this word come after. It come after he judged his people. They wouldn't repent. They wouldn't hear the message. They were taken into captivity. Some of them tried to fight the captivity. And Jeremiah said, don't fight them. You're going to get wiped out. You just better go ahead and go into Babylon and let them take you into captivity. This is just part of God's plan because y'all wouldn't repent. And while they were in captivity, it was an ongoing thing over many years. And they come in waves into Babylon. God said, I know the plans that I have for you. God said, I'll gather you again from the four corners of the earth. And that's God's will to fulfill the promises to the end of the age. That's the big picture. God didn't save you from something. He saved you for something. I'm the minister to tell you up here why God saved you today. Yeah, it's an eternal issue with your soul. I get that. But when He saved you, He called you into His army. He just didn't bring Christ. Christ didn't come find you just to sit on the pews and do nothing else. And if you think that, you you don't understand Christianity. I'm sorry. When you become a Christian, it's like you went down to the uh, army recruiting station and said, I'll sign up. Because now you become part of something that's so much bigger than you. And a Christian is supposed to leave that world behind and come on into the things of God. Don't hear that from pulpits either, do you? You know why? Because they're not concerned about souls. They're more worried about that money coming into that pot down there. They're more worried about themselves. They're more worried about money, mammon. I'm worried about souls. And you know what? You get worried about souls, everything else will fall in place. The money will come when you need it. The help will come when you need it. Yeah, it may be a battle. Yeah, it may be tough. You may not understand everything. There's going to be delays at times. But God will provide the need if you get concerned about souls. You get in there and start helping a church somewhere. 
You start helping support the cause, bring your tithes and offerings back to God's storehouse. I'll preach a little prosperity here. There's prosperity in the message of the cross. You want to be blessed in your family? You want to be blessed in your home? Start giving to the work of God. Start helping with the work of God. God has got to have money to go forward. He's chose people like me and you to carry that message forth. What's the Old Testament? No, it wasn't the Old Testament period, but it was even before Moses. Abraham brought his tithes out to Melchizedek and gave him a tithe of all that he had. Then you fast forward to the New Testament, and it says Jesus is a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Kind of ties it together, don't it? So therefore, we're obligated because you, somebody paid for you to be here today. This building just didn't show up. People like Inez Green and Steve Green, they started meeting in a house across the road over there. People piled their money in there and built this little building right here. And many of y'all over the years, we're still building. We're still going. It's grown. I know we can look at delays up here, but look at what God's done. I mean, everything is doubled or tripled in size and effort around here. We're going out across the world. What we have, what like one or two little acres here. We got four acres. We picked up a house. We got a sanctuary that is nearing completion now. And we don't know a dime on none of it. God didn't save you from something. He saved you for something. I preach that message. And we're at a critical crossroads in this nation. I gotta hurry. I fear Christians turn their back on God and they fall into these schemes of traps of Satan. We're gonna fall hard. There's not much time left. It's winding down. We see wars and rumors of wars. There's earthquakes happening in divers places. It's nation against nation rising up now. I, I noticed in the news that don't think that Russia stuff has went away. Putin is amassing a 500,000 men or have been drafted and brought in and they're piling up on the Ukraine border. I, I think it's going to be a, a war in Europe again. I honestly believe it. I don't like reporting it. I know I served in the military. I know what it's like in the European theater and it just has all the indications of a major world war breaking out over there. China's rattling their sabers. Listen to this. We got men's heart failing them for fear. Now, we sat there and denied, but have you not noticed the news? Football players is collapsing. News article after news article after news article. 23-year-old polo coach in Los Angeles. 18-year-old in Florida on the basketball courts. A uh, 20-year-old, I think maybe in Los Angeles, hopes of being an uh, Olympic star. Die collapse. Firefighters. I, Air Force, there was a 21-year-old who walking, collapsed dead. I can't keep up with him. I, I just know this happening at alarming rate. But Jesus said in that last day, men's heart are going to be failing them fear. We got a whole nation that needs to hear about Jesus Christ. Don't tell me we're concerned when we're sitting in front of a television or going out in these activities in these worlds and we could care less if people are dying going to hell. Don't tell me we're concerned. God has called every single one of us to the front lines. The devil is winning and it's about time we take back what is ours. I'm not talking about with AR-15. 
I'm not talking about with a shotgun. I'm talking about by the blood of Jesus Christ. You have spiritual authority in the name of Jesus to take back what the enemy has stole from the church. We need to be on fire for God. We need to be prayed up and fasting and seeking a holy God in this day and age to move us forward into a spiritual battle against that we're facing. Don't tell me when we're concerned and we're spending four or five hours a night in front of the TV. Don't tell me we're concerned when we spend 20 hours out doing activities in the world and we ain't even got time to go one hour to the house of God. Don't tell me we're concerned. Those are hard words, and I know they are. But as Jeremiah of old, we can't bring a soft message to this. We have to bring a, a message to stir the heart of believers, mine, yours, the pulpit's the number one that needs to be stirred up again. The pulpit, not, not, not the laity, not the pulpit needs fire. It needs fire again. It needs to instruct the people in godly ways. Everyone is looking for a magic pill to cure our society. And only one thing is going to turn this nation around. And his name is Jesus. I said there's one thing that's going to turn this nation around. And that is Jesus. Jesus. Woo! Somebody ought to get happy. My gosh. Woo! My Lord, I get happy when I think about what I got in Him. Hmm. Got me shaking all over thinking about what it's going to be like in eternity. My goodness, I don't, I don't want to hate people. I want to win them. Win them. I don't want to hear another person taken out by drugs. I don't want to hear about another alcoholic wiping out some family on the highway. No one else is going to save this nation. Are you concerned? Are you concerned? Or are you going to walk out that door? So you know what? I ain't got time for all that. I'm going to go do what I got to do. I hope not. I hope when every one of us leave here today, Holy Ghost jumps all over us. He says, Lord... I want to be stirred in my heart. Get me out of these schemes and traps that I'm in. Show me. Show me what I'm in. And get me out of them and open up my eyes to your plans you have for me. Because God, I want to be used of you. A great price has been paid for the church. I'm closing. And it started at Calvary. Look, there was a whole group of people that went before you. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 said, there's a great cloud of witnesses that it went before us. There's been so much human blood spilt over this glorious church and this nation. Do you know how many soldiers stood there on D-Day and piled out them boats, seven and 18-year-old men, taking bullets and dying right there on those beaches there on that foreign shore, France? Do you know how many mothers got letters from the president saying, I'm sorry to tell you. There's one that Abraham Lincoln wrote. You ought to go read it. He said, ma'am, I regret to inform you. You lost all your sons. That they have laid their life down for the altar of freedom. This church, the church of God, back in the late 1800s, they were hollering. 
singing and shouting and praising in the Holy Ghost. They didn't care if church lasted five, ten hours. Preach on, preacher. I ain't got nothing else to do today except glorify God. Preach on. People hated them so bad they blew the whole schoolhouse up with dynamite. The sheer schoolhouse. Larry Hayes, when he interviewed me and my wife for ministry, he told us they went out of Oklahoma, tried to set up a Pentecostal church out there, and they went to the bank, had money. So we just want to set up a bank account. Uh, I won't say what denomination, but a certain well-known denomination in the South told them, we don't want you nor your money here. You can go on back to Mississippi, son. A great price had been paid. Fox recorded in the Book of Martyrs thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of lives. Go read about the women that stood up for the cause of Christ and drugged by a horse down to the middle of the town. Go read about the people that were burned by the stake and they stood up and said, Jesus has done me no wrong. You might as well light the fire. A great cloud of witnesses went before you and they're looking at you. And it's not in chastisement, it's cheering. The idea of that verse, they're cheering you on. Come on, Tommy, Donna. We ain't got much longer left. Come on, Anthony. Come on, Ashley. Come on, Gary. Come on, Shane. I can't name all of them. I'll forget something here in a minute. <sighs> can't forget Judy, though. Come on, Brother Hartley. Come on, Glenn. Come on, Sister Denise. Sister Hartley. Come on. Terry. Matthew. Jennifer. Come on. We don't have much longer. We're almost home. You can make it. We made it. And now we're reaping the benefits of glory. You're going to make it. Lay aside every weight that does so easily beset you and run the race that's set before you with patience, looking to minister and the author of your faith, Jesus Christ. Be confident of this very thing, that what He begun in you, that good work, He will perform until the day of Christ. Y'all stand with me. i got to stop. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. God, I love you. Thank you for the anointing that breaks every yoke and bondage. God, we heard your word. It's like the spirit of Jeremiah set up in here today to give us a message. I don't know if that's a good word to use, Lord, but I'm going to use it. It's a message of repentance. I know that. Not to look at everybody else's fault, but look at ours and say, you know what, God? We may not be where you want us right now, but we stand here willing and open. Lord, we're an open vessel. God, let that cloud of witnesses speak to us. Let the Holy Ghost get a hold of us and guide us in these last days. We want to be a soul winning station for you. Go with us. Keep us safe. Bless us. We ask in Jesus. We're so glad you joined us today. This is the place to come for the best in Christian music and sermons. We know that life can be tough, but we believe that God has a plan for each of us, and we want to help you find that plan. So please, stay tuned for more messages of hope and encouragement. Here at Power of the Cross Radio, we believe in the power of prayer. If you have a need, visit our prayer wall on the website at www.cross.radio. We also believe in the power of Christian music to touch hearts and change lives. 
So please keep listening, and if you know someone who might need a little encouragement, tell them about Power of the Cross Radio. We cover a wide mix of Christian music. Check the website schedule for more details. And if you have any questions, email us at info at cross.radio. You can also call us at 662-294-0608. Thank you for listening, and God bless. Power of the Cross Radio is a production of Cross Faith Ministries. You can visit their website at cfministry.com.